0: Okay guys, welcome back to the show and boy do I have got a great guest for you today. He hasn't changed a bit. It's not his fault. Mr. Gene Snitsky, how are you doing, man?
1: What's up there, Maurice? I'm doing great. I'm over here in northeast Pennsylvania. Just got home from the shop, Party One Surplus. If anybody's on the World Wide Web, that's what the www stands for on the internet when you put a website in, in case anybody was wondering. World Wide Web. You got that? So, yeah, check out our shop, Surplus.com. I'm good to go. I'm ready to rock and roll. And if you're missing this podcast, it's not my fault.
0: <laughs> excellent. Excellent. Let's Let's start off with the shop, man. Tell us what you do over there.
1: Well, we have a... Surplus shop, which uh, we sell ammo, mags, survival gear, food items, medical supplies, clothing, military, uh, BDUs, tops, jackets, hats, helmets, all kind of stuff. So, uh, you know, in this day and age, you can never be too prepared. It's better to have it and not need it than need it and not have it.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah It's much dirt- after the last couple of years we've had around the globe.
1: Hey, honey, I need you. Hurry up. We're on uh we're on location here from Pennsylvania to Ireland. Get a shot of my shirt for these people real quick. Can you see it, Maurice? Stay still.
0: Yes. Don't keep your eyes on my back. Don't so be so looking at my butt. Oops. So there you and have, how, And how is the shop going for you, man?
1: Tremendous. Very busy, very busy. I, uh, I tend to uh, not talk too much wrestling at the shop, but we do get a lot of uh, wrestling fans that come in for obvious reasons, so it's cool, you know. But we do a lot of political talking, a lot of, uh, you know, current events. But, yeah, it's, uh, it's good times. I get to interact with all the people, which is fun. So that's always good. makes the day go faster.
0: Yeah. And how far removed are you from the business now? Because I've seen you made a couple of kind of appearances or you're making some appearances coming up. Is that part of your life gone now?
1: No, I still do shows. I have uh, just had wrestling, uh, Icons of Wrestling yesterday in Philly. Uh, My wife and I went down for that, we're there all afternoon, then uh, took her to do some sightseeing around Philly, we went to the Rocky Steps, did the Rocky Statue, the museum, went down along the waterfront there on the other side, and then uh, next Friday I have a show, ISPW in Jersey for Tommy Fierro, and then Sunday in Broadheadsville, Pennsylvania for Battlefield Pro Wrestling, which is run by my... Trainer's son, Alpha Junior. I trained with the Wild Samoans in Allentown, and his son took over the family business and uh, he started a training camp in Broadheadsville, Pennsylvania, which is about an hour from my house. So I still uh, work with him. We do the last Sunday of every month. We have a show, and uh, also a pro wrestling training camp. So if anybody out there is looking to become a professional wrestler and try to follow in my footsteps reach out to Offa Jr. at Battlefield Pro Wrestling in Broadheadsville, Pennsylvania. You'll be happy you did.
0: Yeah, yeah. Excellent stuff. It's glad, glad that you're still knocking around the business as well. But we'll 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 have to go back in time anyway to talk about a few things, as you probably probably would have guessed anyway that we're talking. And uh, big thanks to Dan Madigan, ex writer for setting us up here. He kind of put you in the shits, man. You couldn't say no. He set up a group message with us.
1: That's okay. Dan's the man, man. No pun intended. I uh, I loved working with Dan at WWE. I'd like to, you know, obviously, if something arose outside of wrestling that he'd be interested in working on with me, then, uh, you know, I'd be happy to work with him some more because we all know he, you know, pretty much wrote Kane's movie, and that was an awesome movie. I was there for the premiere. And, uh, you know, anything Dan asked me to do i'll generally do it unless it involves taking off my clothes because i'm not that kind of guy <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> was 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 dad actually there your first night on raw oh that's a tough one i
1: can't remember what i did yesterday let alone mm-hmm. in 2004 but i would have to assume he was because he created yeah. the whole storyline and uh everything man it, it all happened so fast to be quite honest with you like i literally was in louisville on saturday they called me they're like oh we need you in uh, washington on monday for raw i was like all right and i didn't even know what i was going to be doing they just kind of sent me my travel i got on the plane i flew out there stayed at the tv hotel got up went to the arena you know just uh, hung out at the arena all day and then Finally, they came up to me and they're like, oh, we need you in the ring. I was like, all right. So went out and we walked through the, uh, you know, what I'd be doing with Glenn, you know, hitting him with the chair, hitting, you know, causing him to cause the miscarriage with Lita. And then, you know, it just kind of snowballed after that, man. It was just crazy how fast that all took off. and, And, you know, it was pretty much a whirlwind after that point
0: yeah how did you feel going in that night knowing that your first thing on tv was going to be to cause someone a miscarriage
1: honestly it didn't bother me i mean it's pro wrestling anything could happen and i'm the type of guy like if somebody dares me to do something out there i'll do it just for the reaction of it so it's kind of ironic that that's what what my my debut turned out to be because you know i'll pretty much do anything on it there and it's funny, because now like people come in the shop and be like, hey man, I remember when you kicked that baby and blah, blah, blah. It's like, it just cracks me up The stuff people remember all these years later.
0: Do you think that if you'd done the baby punt these days, there'd be a lot of shit about it, wouldn't there? You wouldn't kind of maybe not get away with it, or, you know the way the world is, they probably wouldn't find it as funny as we found it back then.
1: Yeah, that's a definite, I mean they wouldn't even, they wouldn't get 100 yards within this storyline these days. It would be like, you know, I can just imagine Dan pitching it or whoever, you know, whoever was, you know, presenting the idea and they'd be like, get out. (laughs) There's no way that that would fly these days. Yeah.
0: But Um, how hands-on was was Vince McMahon with you back then in that storyline? very hands on
1: him and I, we pretty much worked, you know, everything out in the ring together with, uh, especially the whole baby punt thing. And, uh, the thing with Glenn just hitting him with the chair, you know, he was there for all that too. And, you know, uh, uh, I could vividly remember Vince like talking to me and, and Kane Glenn. When I say Glenn, I mean, everybody pretty much knows it's Kane at this point. So, but, uh, Glenn was like, man, whatever you do, just hit me good with the chair. I was like, don't worry, I will. You know, I, I was never concerned about my ability or my my confidence. I was always a pretty confident guy, and you know, I played pro football before I get into wrestling and Division One college football athlete. And I'm a, you know, just got inducted into the Pennsylvania Sports Hall of Fame in 2018 for football and my athletic background. So I knew I was going to do a good job. I was always, you know, pretty confident in my abilities and knew I would, you know, no pun intended, but hit a home run.
0: No pun intended. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um,. <clears throat> Then, like, obviously from then, the catchphrase, it wasn't my fault, that was a big thing as well. And obviously that's probably what people say to you that recognize you from then on a daily basis. Do you remember how that came about? Or was it just so off the cuff? Well, I remember
1: how it came about, but it was off the cuff. I went back the second week for my interview with Jr., and he was like, you know, so, uh, you know, you feel any remorse or, you know, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, well, you know, Jr it wasn't my fault. She was in the ring. She shouldn't have been in the ring in the first place. And then it just kind of like, like I said before, just kind of snowballed Stephanie. I can remember Stephanie coming up to me and she's like, keep saying it's not my fault. No matter, you know, in an interview and the pre-tapes, you know, we're going to incorporate that into everything. I was like, all right. So it just kind of, just kind of happened, uh, you know, organically just bam, there it was. And, uh, like, I can still remember, like, when I first hit Glenn with the chair and, you know, he fell on Lita, the the crowd instantly started chanting, baby killer, and I was like, oh, we got something here. Because <laughs> as soon as people start chanting something, you know, <laughs> that it's going to be good.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what's what's Glenn Jacobs like? I, I know a lot of people kind of had a glimpse into his life now since he's went into politics Did you always find him that way? Very educated guy, nice guy.
1: Yeah, he was great to work with, man. It was like, you know, he could have been like, hey, man, I don't want to do this storyline. I don't want to work with Snitsky, you know. But he was very accommodating, very open to working with me, kind of took me under his wing. And, uh, you know, I have nothing but good things to say about him. It was awesome working with him. I learned a lot, you know, just by being in the ring with him and just, you know, the whole psychology of being a big guy and working, uh, you know, working your, your size and your your character. I mean, you know, probably one of the best ever in the history of pro wrestling right there. So to learn from him and to be able to be in the ring with him on a, on a weekly basis was, uh, you know, the best learning experience on the fly that you could ever ask for.
0: Yeah, he's actually... My personal favorite of all time, actually Kane. I think he's tremendously underrated in the business.
1: Yeah, no, he's, he was always one of my favorites too. That's why it was kind of cool to be able to, to work an angle with him. My first storyline at WWE, I was like, man, this is awesome. Because I always was a huge fan of his, and you know, now getting to know him and being in the ring with him, and you know, now he's a friend of mine. So it's kind of, it's crazy how life, you know, takes you turns and
0: you know, just the way things work out. It's crazy. Is it kind of surreal in a way looking back on it because it's 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 so long ago but it probably doesn't seem that long ago
1: uh, I wouldn't say surreal I mean I always knew like I was as a kid when I was like 13 14 years old I would tell people I'm like man you're gonna either watch me on Sundays in the NFL or Monday on Monday Night Raw like there was always something I wanted to do because I always wanted to be a professional athlete and I always wanted to be a pro wrestler so I went as far as I could with football and once I was done football, I instantly got into pro wrestling. There was no no lag in time, no lapse. I got done playing football in 95, retired from pro football. 96 I started training to wrestle. So there was I was I got right into it. I knew I wanted to do it and I was gonna do it, and I did it.
0: So yeah. <clears throat> the last thing on the on the Kane stuff, anyway. Can you talk to me about that day? where they pitched this baby punt to you and like how much fun was it just to do that? Because they obviously the element of surprise of the people that were there as well. Yeah, no, it was great. Like I watch it back and I laugh, I show my wife and she just laughs
1: because it's like, I walk out with the fake baby. Number one, number two, I'm talking to it. Like it's a real baby. And then number three, they're making all the baby sounds. It's like, wah, wah. I'm like, shut up. <laughs> it's, it's like, it's so funny. Like, I watch it back now, and I, I just laugh. It's great. And then, like, the whole setup of the of the scene, and, you know, I can remember walking through it with Vince in the ring, and he's like, Snitsky, whatever you do, don't fuck this up. I'm like, Vince, listen, I was an all-area punter in high school. It's going to be amazing, I'm telling you. So, yeah, we laugh. Like, my wife just gets the biggest chuckle out of it. We, we watch it. It's just funny. Like, I, I think it's hilarious. People ask me like, "How'd you stay in so character I,
0: when you're doing that?" And...
1: Hey, no, thanks. Yeah, I get it all the time. I'm like, "How did you stay in character, man? How did you not break character?" I'm like, "Well, because I'm a professional. It's what I do." Yeah.
0: <laughs> How many times did you practice it? How many times did you practice it, or did you practice it? I didn't need to practice, buddy. When the lights, when the red lights on,
1: it's go time. There's no practice. You can't practice that. Come on. It's just you do it. You just do it. Yeah. 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 No, I didn't practice it at all. We walked yeah. through it, like what we'd be doing, and like, you know, that kind of stuff. But the the only time I ever kicked the baby was the time you saw it on TV.
0: Wow. Excellent. Excellent. Um Vince McMahon obviously is a hot topic of conversation all the time in, in the wrestling world, whatever about what went on last year and stuff like that. But when you were there, how was he to work with?
1: Oh, he's great. I, uh, I always got along great with Vince. I always could walk up to him and approach him and talk to him about anything. Like I, I never felt intimidated by him or like scared to talk to him. You get a lot of guys that you hear, you know, Oh, he's intimidating. He's this, he's that. I never thought he was. I mean, I'd, I'd wait after the shows and always thank him. like, I'd always stay after the show was over, wait till he came out to go to, you know, go to his limo, just to shake his hand and be like, thank you, Mr. McMahon. Appreciate the opportunity. Like, I did it after every Monday Night Raw. I just appreciated the opportunity. I mean, it was, you know, he's putting me out there on a stage of millions and millions of people to do my craft, to be able to perform. I mean, it's like, you know, I'm from a small coal mining town in Pennsylvania. It's kind of you know it's cool to be able to go out and perform in front of millions of people every week, so you know I was born in Esquihoing, Pennsylvania, a town of three thousand some people with one stoplight, and there I am on you know Monday night Raw in front of seven million people. It's like you know it's just it's cool it's like how do you how do you not thank the guy for that opportunity you know
0: Totally agree with you. Do you watch much of the current product these days, or are you a fan of the kind of direction it's in now? Obviously, it's a lot different than when you were there.
1: My wife and I DVR it, and then we'll watch it back. But, I mean, a lot of stuff, to be honest with you, I fast-forward through because it doesn't interest me. Like, I'm not a huge fan of, like, the acrobatics and all that kind of stuff. Like, Strowman and Bray Wyatt, like, yeah. they're, more, they're more my cup of tea. Because I got into watching wrestling when I was, like... 10 years old in the 80s. So it would have been, you know, I like the larger than life characters, the guys that stand out that are, you know, larger than life. And a lot of the product yeah. these days is just average looking guys, you know, that, you know, if you're walking down the street and you see them, you don't do a double take. When I was getting into the business, like, I was always having people like, man, you must be, you must be somebody. Did you play pro football? Are you a pro wrestler? Like, I stood out in a crowd. A lot of the guys that are there now don't really stand out in a crowd.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I see a lot of I see a lot of um, talk online now about these guys that ambush pro wrestlers in the airport. You know, to sign all these things. I think with Rey Mysterio, yeah. these guys came up to him with like fifty pops in the airport like a few weeks ago to sign, and he refused yeah. to. And and he was right to do so. What do you think about stuff like that? Do you ever have people kind of when you were at that level kind of invading your privacy, or how did you deal with that?
1: Well, touching upon what I just said about being from a small town, like, you know, everybody knew where I lived. Everybody knew, like, my truck. Everybody knew, you know, where I worked out. So, I mean, at certain times it would be a pain in the butt, but you got to look at, you know, the whole perspective of it. Without all the fans, there'd be no Snitsky. Without all the fans, there'd be no pro wrestling. Without all the fans, I wouldn't be able to do this for a living. So, in that, you know, in that perspective, it didn't bother me. The only times it would bother me is like if I was having dinner or eating or like, you know, someone would come up, hey, I hate to bother you, but I'd be like, well, why are you bothering me while I eat? (laughs) Like just the only time that it was, you know, a nuisance. I'll sign autographs. I'll take pictures with anybody. Like, you know, every day at the shop pretty much I'm I'm either taking a picture or signing autographs for people or, you know, something. And that's cool because it's, you know, works both ways. You know, they come in, they shop at my store, they – you know, put money in my pocket. So at least I could do is, you know, take a picture, sign an autograph, talk to them for a few minutes, you know?
0: Yeah. Is there anyone that stands out to you on, say, the WWE roster that you'd like to wrestle if you were to go back there?
1: Oh, Definitely Strowman. I get that all the time. They're like, yeah. oh man, that'd be so great to see you wrestle Strowman. Blah, 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 blah. You know, so I'd definitely be one guy. And then, uh, you know, I trained with all the Samoans. Uh, Afa was my trainer here in Pennsylvania at the Wild Samoan Pro Wrestling Training Center. So, you know, obviously wouldn't mind wrestling Roman Reigns. That'd be cool because I, you know, I traveled with his brother, Matt. Matt and I used to travel together back in the day. And I traveled with Eki Umaga before he passed away. So I'm really tight with the family. So it would be cool to be able to, you know, perform with him on on that stage.
0: Yeah, I'd be I'd be looking at you as well, and I'd be thinking that if Bray Wyatt was putting a Wyatt family together, I think Snitsky would yeah. fit in there as well. Do you think so?
1: Oh, Yeah, yeah, I've gotten that quite often as well. Like, man, it'd be so cool to see like as you know, Bray Wyatt's uncle or dad or something. I'm like, well, hell, I ain't that old, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it would be fun. I, I definitely Will think ever... I could add, add something to it, no doubt
0: were you ever close to coming back over the years, maybe for a Royal rumble or something like that? Uh, there was talks at a certain point And then just,
1: you know, I don't know why it never materialized or, you know, what the holdup was or what the issue was, but I know, uh, I had a couple of people pushing for me to come back. Like Arn Anderson was a big, you know, big supporter of mine. I'd love to work with Arn. Arn's awesome. Uh, Dean Malenko just ran into Dean yesterday at the convention and you know those guys are always pushing for me to come back. And you know, Marty Miller, who's one of the producers now, I think he's running NXT. He's he's a Pennsylvania guy. And I would I would always play in his golf charity event every summer and he would always be like, Snitsk, man, we need to get you back. We need to get you back. So I don't know what the whole behind the scenes thing was or what was going on, but there was, you know, a lot of guys pushing for me to come back, but it just never materialized. But I mean, as the saying goes in pro wrestling, "never say never." Because you know, I'm a walking character. You know, to this day, I mean, look at me—53 yeah. years old, and a... probably probably the best shape of my life, to be honest with you. And amazing beard, yeah. thanks to my wife, because I couldn't braid this damn thing if my life depended on it. <laughs> and yeah, I have, you have you to say, I'm still I'm stuff. still as ruggedly handsome as ever. And I'm
0: a, I'm a well, I have my special hat on for you. I... <laughs> bearded for a <her> pleasure. Excellent. <laughs> I didn't want to say how handsome you are because I was afraid you'd hang up the street. No, you could... I, I mean, I tell everybody, so it's okay to hear from other people too, so... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: you,
0: you wrestled a couple of big matches with John Cena, um, consummate professional people would say. What, what was he like to work with? Oh, uh, John's great, man.
1: You hear a lot of people bashing Cena, but... Man, he's awesome. He was so easy to work with, so easy to set up matches with. I mean, he's, you know, he's just if 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 you look up professionalism in pro wrestling, he has to definitely be at the head of the list because that guy, it doesn't matter who he wrestles or what scenario is or what the storyline is. He he not only tries to make himself look good, but he'll go above and beyond to make you or whoever he's wrestling look good. But I only have one complaint with yeah. John. He broke my ribs. He broke my rib one time. And, uh, you know, I often have people at the shop, you know, hey, how was Cena? You know, blah, blah, blah. And I'll be like, well, other than breaking my rib, he's pretty awesome. And they'll be like, really? And I'm like, yeah. So then I got to show him the little spot. Well, not if you can see it, but there's like a bulging rib right there. That's from John. He broke my rib. That sucked. But other than that, you know, he made up for it, though, because he hooked me up with a pair of Under Armour sneakers back when he had his Under Armour contract. So I can't say nothing bad about that. That was his gift to you. Yeah. I still have them, too. I still wear them once in a
0: while. Yeah. Um, What was CM Punk like? Cause I know you guys wrestled a couple of matches and everyone has got the either the love or the hate. Well,
1: I mean, I, I never really interacted much with them outside of wrestling, but all the, all the interactions that I did have with him were, I mean, I don't have anything bad to say about the guy. I like him. I always got along with him. You know, he broke my nose the one time with the, with his finish move, you know, and he was, you know, beyond apologetic and, you know, Called me, made sure I was okay. The whole nine yards, and you know, it's pro wrestling, man. It's not Winks. You know, shit happens, and you know, it is what it is. But it's cool because now it makes for good stories when I'm at the shop. You know, it it's all go co- It all goes hand in hand. And I can blame all my sinus issues on him and now uh, too.
0: So that Cena with the rib, Punk with the nose. What's the worst injury that you got in the WWE, do you think? Uh, Probably the
1: broken orbital bone when Maven popped me in the eye socket. He was supposed to come off the ropes with a flying forearm, which turned into a flying elbow into my eye socket. And I just heard a crunch. And by the time I got up, I was in a pool of blood and my eyelid was hanging down. I mean, that that sucked. But I got to hit him with a chair afterwards, so I bent the chair over his head, which was nice. (laughs)
0: making me laugh um obviously people always talk about the locker room what was the locker room like when you were there because i hear contrasting reports from different people and was the undertaker the guy that kept everyone together
1: Uh, i mean i wouldn't say that kept everybody together but i mean there was that level of respect with all the older guys because when i started when i trained to wrestle when i was training. You know, pops would always tell us, you know, you know, respect, 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 respect the business, respect the guys, you know, go in, introduce yourself to everybody, say hello, and then just, you know, go off onto the side and, you know, be seen and not heard kind of thing. So that's how I broke into the business, man. I just, you know, I respected all the veterans that came ahead of me and, you know, I, you know, just did my thing, man. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't, you know. The type of guy that was going to, you know, walk in and think I was a superstar kind of guy. I just walked in, introduced myself, did what I had to do, you know, and uh, that was about it. But yeah, Taker had the, they had the wrestlers, wrestlers court back in the day. And you hear a lot of the horror stories about it. I never witnessed it or never was involved in that. But, you know, I always got along great with JBL, got along great with Undertaker, got along great with, uh, you know, all the veterans, So I never had any issues. I I just, I blended in, man. You know, everybody enjoyed hanging out with me because they always had fun. We always got into something or had fun or did something. So, you know, I was always one of those guys that, you know, hey, Snitz, what are you doing? You know, come hang out with us, blah, blah, blah. So I never, like,
0: you know, I never
1: had any issues, man.
0: Yeah, and another veteran that was there at the time, and you know, I always ask people about their their memories with the man to be Chris Benoit and what what he was like to you as well. Uh, Chris was great, man. I had some of my best
1: matches with him, honestly. When we did the whole ECW thing, him and I wrestled a lot. I I had a lot of hardcore matches with him, and man, he he was easy to wrestle, easy to work with, and you know, I like I like laying my shit in, so. You didn't have to worry about being snug with Chris, you know, and I was the same way to him. I was like, dude, if you're going to hit me, hit me. It, Cause it has to look like you're hitting me. And that's just how it was. You know, same thing with hardcore Holly, like hardcore Holly, they, you know, people talk shit about him and it's like, dude, it's just a solid snug wrestling match. If you can't take it, find a different profession. You shouldn't be in pro wrestling, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And like after a while, there's a few different elements to your character over the years and a few strange tag team partners, one being Heidenreich. What was he like to work with? Remember to put you two guys together and why did they put you guys together? Do you think? Well, they,
1: uh, they're putting us together to go towards a tag with Taker and Kane, I think. And like, like I said earlier, one of those things that just kind of fell to the wayside. Don't know why, don't know what the reason was, but, You know, I think they were kind of leaning towards doing that because we jumped them at the one pay-per-view and then Kane came out of the coffin and all that stuff. And that's kind of the way they were heading with it. And then, you know, you know how wrestling is. Things could change in the drop of a dime. So, you know, it never materialized. But we did have one of the creepiest, creepiest, most uh, interesting backstage (laughs) segments,
0: though. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. he, he he had a few of them with uh, with Michael Cole as well, but uh, yeah, you're one. Uh, what was it? Yeah. What was it you said? I like what I you said, do to babies. Isn't that what he said to you? I
1: said I, I went. I like your poetry, and he's like, I like what you do to babies. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh,
1: but we were like nose to nose, breathing real heavy. It was like I kind always, of, you know, it, was, it was kind it's, of creepy, but it was fun. <laughs> Like they I said, always man, had
0: like a kind of a sinister edge. Yeah. But like I said, I'll,
1: I'm the type of guy yeah. I'll do anything for, I'll do anything for reaction. I'll do anything for entertainment purposes. And I mean, they'd come to me with the, the stuff and I'd be like, oh, this is great. Like, I loved it. I loved all the off the wall stuff. Like that's to me what pro wrestling is. Yeah. It's like the off the wall stuff, the, the, the crazy shit that you want to do, but you never did, but you watched on TV. You know what I mean? I got to do it and get paid yeah, well for it yeah. and travel the world. So hey, I'm I'm good, man. Tell me what to do, I'll do it. I don't care.
0: Was there ever anything that they pitched to you that you wouldn't do, or was there ever an idea so crazy, maybe that they backed out of? No. Nah. Nope.
1: Now I sucked May Young's toes backstage at WrestleMania. What 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 more can you ask for? And she loved every well, minute was that of experience? Did thing. you practice that one? I don't did have to practice. My practice wife will that tell one? you. No, I don't have to practice. My wife will tell you I'm a professional foot connoisseur. So uh,
0: absolutely. And fine. for
1: the record, for the record, Mae Young wanted more. She she insisted I keep going, but I had to stop when they yell cut. So <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. That was absolutely hilarious, man. She was awesome. Christ. Her, her you oh, they were they... told easy
1: to work with, man. Oh, my God. We had so much fun filming that pre-tape. <laughs> <laughs> do, you
0: remember, do you remember when they repackaged you with the, the shaved head and the colored teeth? And What was the idea behind that kind of repackaging of Snitsky, do you think?
1: Uh I mean... I wouldn't say repackaging, number one. It was more like he wanted me to be like the cane of ECW because that was when they switched over to ECW and had me yeah. go over to do the ECW stuff. So I think Vince's vision for it was to have me like the cane the of ECW. So, I mean, I was fine with it. I got another action figure out of it. I got a beautiful action figure sitting in my office with that exact same look. So, I mean, how many people you know that have their own action figure? just saying <laughs> not very
0: many not exactly. very many
1: and i got three of them yeah. and it, and it, you know it's uh, like i said man i'm i'm a professional i'm there you know i'm a team player vince came to me he's like hey man i got this vision i want you to do this this and this and i was like okay I mean, at first, I was kind of like, "Well, you're doing, now? I'm going to look just like Kane, right?" And he's like, "That's fine, because you're going to be on ECW. You're going to be ECW's version of Kane." I was like, "Okay." So once he put it in those terms, I was like, "Yeah, that's fine." The only thing that sucked was having to paint my teeth with that stuff every day. That was a real pain in the ass. That was not fun. Because as you can see, as you can see, I, was, as what you what can see, I have
0: like backstage.
1: Oh, oh, hold on one second. Before before we move on to Go the ahead. next thing, I just got to say, as you can see, I have very beautiful teeth and an amazing smile. Absolutely. So, But, yeah, Johnny Ace was yeah, fine, the, man. I got along good with him. Yeah. That's what your question was, yeah, right? Yeah,
0: and a lot of people say
1: that. Yeah. Yeah, he was good, man. I got along great with him. I got to agree with everybody. I mean, like I said, I have, I have no ill will towards anybody. I still go to shows. I took my wife up to wilkes the last time they were there, you know, she, you know, her and I went backstage, hung out, talked to Hunter, talked to, you know, everybody. We had a blast. It was fun. I, I like seeing the guys. I like seeing my old buddies, Shelton Benjamin's there still. He was one of the guys that I hung out with when I was there. We, uh, you know, caught up with Shelton, caught up with all the other people. And, you know, got to meet some of the new people. My wife's a big wrestling fan as well, so <clears throat> she likes to go and see the behind-the-scenes stuff and and get to see you know, see everybody, meet everybody. That was the first time she got to meet you know Triple H, so that's cool. You know, doing stuff like that. I still keep my my name out there, you know.
0: And is it is it completely different now to when you were there in terms of? being backstage, what's it like compared to when you were there, just from being there?
1: Uh, I mean, it it seems pretty low-key still. (laughs) I mean, there's nothing out of the ordinary that I noticed. You know, the guys still go out to the ring and work on stuff, and you know, train, and you know, catering's still good, because I, you know, had to hit catering for my free meal, of course.
0: And then, (laughs) so yeah, I mean, it's pretty much the same. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think what you said earlier is kind of how I feel about watching it. I still watch it. I was at WrestleMania last year, but I just feel that there's not enough time put into characters. And that's not just the WWE thing. That's the other yeah. companies as well. There's not enough time I think put into people's characters, the larger than lives as we kind of went through earlier. Yeah. And even someone like your character, like a lot of time and effort went into your character and I know. I just see guys go out and it's just wrestling and wrestling is fine. Yeah. But as Dan would say as well, Dan Madigan, there's more to it than just the match.
1: Oh yeah. Well, that's what I always say. Like, uh, like for instance, my wife, you know, if we talk after a show or something, I'm like, you know, the cool thing is like, I get to add my personality to it because a body slams, a body slam, a suplex is a suplex. It's how you personalize it. That makes it stand out to the crowd, to the fans, to be able to relate to you an emotional level because that's the whole catch to wrestling. You got to get that emotional level with the fans. If you're a bad guy, you want to do something to that where they hate you so bad that, you know, as soon as you walk out through the curtain, there's that visceral reaction. And that's just, you know, luckily I've always had the knack to piss people off. It's just, it just comes natural. <laughs>
0: And what's, what's your plans going forward then for the rest of the year? What do you see yourself doing? Are you still looking into doing movies or how's that side of things going?
1: Uh, the whole COVID thing kind of killed the movie deal. We had a lot of momentum going. I mean, I, I wrote, co-wrote, co-produced, starred in. I was the fight coordinator, the stunt coordinator. I, did a, I wore a lot of hats for my film, 100 Acres of Hell, which you could still see on... Amazon, I believe, and all the streaming services. So if you haven't seen it yet, go check it out. I would appreciate it. 100 Acres of Hell. It's uh, actually, we won the best horror feature film at the Philadelphia Film Festival. So I'm proud of it. It came out really good. Just bad timing. The movie debuted in October of 19. And then in March of 20, the whole world shut down. So it was like, came to a screeching halt. But it's still out there. If anybody would like to watch it, it's, uh, you know, I'm proud of it. I spent a lot of time and effort into developing it. Ten years of my life went into that. And uh, you know, never say never. I mean, I'm open to anything. Anything to keep my name out there, anything to to cross over to another genre, anything to help the shop, anything to help, you know, anything. I'm I mean, I like I like being in the public eye. I like, you know, entertaining, I like performing. I've been uh, you know, always been like I said earlier, you know, the type of guy that if you dared me to do something, I would I would do it just for a reaction. So, you know, it suits me. I've uh I've had a pretty, you know, pretty nice run with this whole wrestling thing. <laughs> so, still uh still enjoy doing it and I'll continue to do it until I don't enjoy it and The body still holds up well. I'm still feeling good. Still work out hard. I got a full gym in my basement at the house here. My wife works out hard. She's a former college volleyball player and 6'1 and jacked. So I got to keep up with her, you know?
0: Yeah. And, man, look, it was an absolute pleasure to catch up with you today. And I hope hope we can see you on the big screens again. Carolyn! Come here!
1: I got it. Well, now that I plugged my wife, I gotta show her off. So, she's she's coming. Hold on. Absolutely. Come and say hi to all our fans in Ireland. This is my lovely wife, Carolyn. Hello. She usually walks around the house in just the underwear and a and a bra. So, I made her get dressed for this.
0: Yeah, because YouTube would only take the video down. You're you're right, Gene. Thanks very much.
1: I'm not just I'm not just another pretty face, you know.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Pleasure to talk to you, man. Thanks so much. You as well. No worries. Thanks for having us. We appreciate it. And all my fans over in Ireland. I love you guys. Thanks for being a Snitsky fan. And as far as that goes, all my Snitsky fans all around the world. Stay tuned because I just signed with Pro Wrestling Tees. I'm going to have some uh, merchandise coming out and uh, a store set up, and you'll be able to get all your Snitsky merch through Pro Wrestling Tees. And like I said earlier, stop by, check out the website, priorityonesurplus.com. And if you don't, it's not my fault.